Jesus, we thank you. Um, thank you for your blessings. Um, we thank you for choosing us. Lord, please open our hearts this morning. Um, open our hearts to receive your good news. Amen. Morning, guys. Um, my name is Mike, um, and if we haven't met, I'm an introvert, so it's likely my fault. Um, but lucky for me, I get to introduce myself to all of you at once. So my wife Jen and I, we've been married for nine years, and she still puts up with me for reasons that could only be Jesus. Um, I'm sure you've seen my two daughters running around, Landry seven, Addie's four. Who knew eye-rolling started so young? But they're awesome, sweet, they're wild, all at the same time. Um, Holden and I, or Holden, along with Holden, Jenna and I are lucky enough to be youth ministry leaders here at Regen. Um, and Jenna and I also uh, recently became part of the oversight team as well. But that's enough bragging about my spiritual credit score. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we began a series on prayer. Um, Throughout the summer, we'll be focusing on the Lord's Prayer and how it shapes our prayer life. We're looking at a version from the Jewish New Testament, so if you'll read along with me. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us the food we need today. Forgive us what we have done wrong, as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us. And do not lead us into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. For kingship, power, and glory are yours forever. Amen. May your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Our focus this morning will be on this line of prayer. After Jesus was born and later baptized in the Jordan, completed his teachings and performed his miracles, he was crucified. And after three days, when he conquered death, the kingdom had come to earth. This means Jesus' kingdom is here. Right now, at this moment, we are living in his kingdom. But sometimes it's easier to live in the kingdom of this world rather than living in the kingdom of God, isn't it? A few years ago, I started a different position in my company, which gave me exposure nationwide. I went from knowing everybody in my area to not knowing many people at all. Sort of like the big fish, little pond, little fish, big pond story. So I was quiet, I did my job, and within two years I received two Pinnacle Awards, which in our company is just a, paper, a glass paperweight that they give you when you do a good job. Um, I received another promotion and two teams that answered to me. And I'm not saying this to brag or anything like that, it's quite the opposite really. I'm sharing to show where I was living in the world, in, in the kingdom of the world, rather than living in his kingdom. After getting these awards and accolades, I not only picked up business knowledge, but I also picked up some cockiness and boldness as well. This turned me into something I didn't want to be. We had a very difficult period um, in the spring of 2021 where we would have two-a-day conference calls um, with a lot of people on them, and they'd sometimes get pretty heated. And one day, Jen pulled me aside um, after one of the calls and couldn't believe the way that I was talking to one of my coworkers. I was putting in 16-hour days, seven days a week for over two months. And one day, Landry came up to me and asked me if I would have time, when, when I would have time to play with her again. 
This was the moment that my eyes were opened. I didn't realize it at the time, but I had started living, I had started living not as a citizen of God's kingdom, but a citizen of the kingdom of the world. I allowed the values of the world to slowly become my values. What are those values? One pastor in Texas called them the secular beatitudes. Blessed are the self-sufficient, for they will climb the ladder of success. Blessed are those with, with thick skin and no regrets, for they won't appear weak, needy, or dependent on anyone. Blessed are the bold, for they will conquer any challenge, no matter what or who is in their way. Blessed are those who live by their own personal truth, for they will never have to be corrected or change their mind. Blessed are those who judge and cancel others, for they will never have to be corrected or... Sorry, for they will always feel morally and intellectually superior. Blessed are the carnal in heart, for they won't need God. Blessed are the fighters, for they will tear down anyone who disagrees with them. Blessed are those who are praised, celebrated, and honored by many, for they have reached the pinnacle of success. And blessed are you when people love you, envy you, and follow all of your social media accounts. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in this life. For in the same way, they celebrated all the other important people who were before you. So without meaning to, a lot of these values had become my values. I started living as a citizen of the kingdom of the world. And we see these values all the time in our society these days. Self-sufficiency. This one's pretty real, huh? I always think I can be self-sufficient and do everything on my own. I'm slowly beginning to realize I can't. Thick skin and no regrets won't appear weak or dependent. For those who know me or know my personality, um, I find it hard asking for help. I'd rather fight with something. Um, uh, I would rather fight for something for a while than ask, ask for help in getting it done. Um, about a year ago, Jen and I were moving a large, a large dresser from our upstairs bedroom down to the basement. She wanted to call for help. And, of course, I think we could do it on our own. Um, for those of you who have ever seen this unpopular show called The Office, um, we met Date Mike and Prison Mike. Well, now you've met Stubborn Mike. <laughs> we get this six-foot-tall dresser halfway down the steps and get stuck. We can't go further. Can't turn around and go back. So after about 10 minutes of holding this dresser, um, I suck up what little Pratt I had left. We called for help and got the task done the way Jen, Jen wanted to in the first place. Boldness. I know I find myself in this category as well many times. However, what is confidence or courage if it's not from God? My truth instead of the truth? This one's great because you never have to be wrong. You just double down and claim, oh, you don't agree? Well, this is my truth. Cancel culture. We've all seen this in the effects that this has on today's world. We've all said stupid things in the past. We've posted something on social media that we shouldn't have. We've sent an email that we wanted to get back. Forgive us what we have done wrong, as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us. Seems a bit contradictory in today's world, doesn't it? Carnal and heart. The definition of carnality is the indulgence in the flesh or body and its passions and appetites, and the lack of spiritual vitality or maturity. The live your best life, 
mentality that you see in today's world. Fighters. In 2010, I graduated from Slippery Rock University. I had a degree in elementary education. In my first career, I taught fourth grade um, in an inner city school in Pittsburgh. I was 21 at the time, and I taught fourth grade. So we connected in ways that a 60-year-old teacher or so would not connect with these students. On Friday afternoons, we'd have language-appropriate and respectful freestyle rap battles. <laughs> um, these kids were young, very passionate, very bright, but they had gone through some experiences that no human, let alone a child, should ever go through. Um, However, due to many factors, they live in this fight-or-flight mode where one small argument or one disagreement can trigger something in them and they will fight anybody in their way. Many times this is the way that they saw the adults in their lives handle situations as well. Those who are praised, celebrated, and honored by many. We celebrate Hollywood celebrities because they make a movie we like. We celebrate and idolize professional athletes or social media personalities because they have influence. What is the end goal? What is the pinnacle of success? Is it making millions on TV? Is it the pinnacle awards that I get from work? When the time comes and you kneel before Jesus, are you going to buy your way into heaven? Is your fame going to gain you entry into heaven? Or will it be the life that you live on earth, giving your heart to Jesus? Lastly, blessed are you when people love you, envy you, and follow all of your social media accounts. I know we have different generations in here, but I know while I was in high school, social media first started to get really popular. And throughout college, when it really started to explode, popularity was measured by the amount of friends or followers you have. And I feel like that's only being exacerbated today. So a few minutes ago, I said that the kingdom is here now, that those of us who follow Jesus are part of his kingdom even now. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells us about the kind of people his kingdom is for, the kind of values that shape his kingdom. So if you have your Bible, please turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5 contains what is called the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon is where the Lord's Prayer was first spoken by Jesus. As great as it would be to preach and dive into the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount, we're only going to be here for another two, three hours, um, and not all day. So we'll be focused on what are known as the Beatitudes. So Matthew 5. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Verse 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. 
Verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The word blessing here is loosely translated, and it doesn't necessarily mean blessed how we view it today. The original term is makarios. Um, this term is difficult to translate in the English language, but the most fitting translation would be congratulations or fortunate are you. Wait a second. Fortunate are those who are poor. Fortunate are those who are mourning. Fortunate are those who are persecuted. I don't know about you, but this doesn't sound like something I want to be congratulated for. John Mark Comer has stated that he believes that the Beatitudes are arguably one of the most important teachings of Jesus, but also some of the most misread. And honestly, with the English language, it's quite easy to misread or misinterpret what Jesus is saying here. If you take the term blessed as it is used in today's language, the Beatitudes sort of become virtues or attributes that we need to attain to. I need to be these things so I can be blessed which changes the call of this passage to something that we should become, ethical standards that we should meet. Not that Jesus doesn't have standards, he does, but if you want to know those, continue reading the Sermon on the Mount. Looking at the more likely translation of Makarios as congratulations, this steers the passage to a place of Jesus telling us the kind of people that will receive and inherit his kingdom. Jesus is offering a congratulations to those kingdom outsiders who may not think of themselves as someone that God loves. To those who think, I'm not good enough to hear God. My prayers won't be heard by God. I'm just not good enough. Jesus is here to tell those people that you are enough. Your prayers are heard. You don't have to be eloquent or have a degree in theology to reach out and have that conversation with God. He wants you as you are, broken, like the rest of us. But not only are the Beatitudes geared towards those who feel unworthy, they're also somewhat geared to the so-religious type that they feel entitled to his kingdom. Think about those morally and religiously superior Pharisees in his time. Jesus of Nazareth coming in, claiming the kingdom of God is for those who are broken and poor. Not only is Jesus turning the world upside down for those who do not feel worthy, he's also turning the world upside down for those who feel entitled to his kingdom. So let's take a little deeper look at these congratulations statements. Verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The NIV and King James translation say poor in spirit. Those who know that they are spiritually bankrupt those who know that they cannot provide material or spiritual resources to help themselves, but they have laid their life down for Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is Jesus telling us that the norm of the kingdom of heaven is going to be spiritual bankruptcy. Unlike the beliefs of those Pharisees who believed it to be the spiritual self-sufficient. Michael Wilkins says, the first beatitude undercuts the predominant worldview that assumes that material blessings are a sign of God's approval in one's life and that they automatically flow from one's spiritual blessings. 
Not only does poor in this verse mean spiritually, it also does refer to those so poor, those that are on the brink of, that those on the brink of starvation. But Jesus says, fortunate are you. Now, I don't think he's saying it's good to be poor. I also don't think he's throwing shade at those who are rich. What he's saying here is that those who are at the brink of starvation, those who are living in 2022 with no electricity, no access to clean water, but still have opened their hearts to Jesus' love, the kingdom will be theirs. Have you ever found yourself praying more when things go bad? When things are going crazy in your life? You just replaced your roof and your refrigerator breaks? Then the basement leaks? Then you have a, a tire blowout on your way home from a hard day at work? You feel broken. You feel defeated. You want to give up. You might feel poor in spirit. When you have moments like this, just stop and have the discussion that you know you should. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 through 7 says, So humble, your, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Something else that Jesus is not saying here is that those who are rich will not receive the kingdom of heaven. If you're in this room and you are rich, congratulations. You shouldn't feel guilty for being fortunate. But Jesus does have something to say about our earthly wealth also. And I also don't think Jen and I have dinner plans this week. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If you are happy today and have nothing to be sad about or mourn over, great. That is something to thank the Lord for. However, if you are sad today, if you are mourning over a failed relationship, the loss of a loved one, a sickness, Jesus is saying right here in verse 4, Blessed are you, for you will, feel, you will be comforted. The end of Revelation 7, verse 17 states, as those who came out of the great tribulation are in front of God's throne in heaven, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. If you are grieving today, it may be hard to feel like God is listening to your prayers or hearing you at all. You may feel alone or that you just can't win. Verse 4 says you will be comforted. This is Jesus' promise to us. It doesn't necessarily mean right now, though. But it says will. It's very easy to want God to follow, follow our timing than us follow his, isn't it? But keep praying. Pray that his will be done. And perhaps pray for peace in accepting his timing as well. Can I get an amen? amen. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Some translations use the term meek or powerless. Now, in the first century, when Jesus was speaking these words, he was speaking to those under the rule of the Roman Empire. Those being taxed to a point of poverty. Those who have no power. Now, I don't believe Jesus is saying, fortunate are you, congratulations, you're powerless. 
More so, congratulations to those who are powerless and oppressed, but still have accepted Jesus' love. For they will inherit the whole earth. My grandfather is 90 years old. He was a great athlete when he was younger. He joined the U.S. Air Force and was awarded the Soldier's Medal for heroism. He played minor league baseball for the Pirates and coached my mom's softball team for years when she was younger. He was a handyman and enjoyed fixing things on his own. However, with age, he is unable to do a lot of the things that he used to do. Even bringing a box up the stairs from the basement has become an almost impossible task. I'm 34, and it's hard for me to put myself in that situation where I will feel physically powerless. But Jesus is telling those who may feel this way that they will inherit the earth, contradictory to what the powerful may think. Verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Again, in the first century, there was injustice everywhere. People were judged for the city they were from. Women and children were treated as second-class citizens. In Luke 18, verse 15, even Jesus' disciples treated children as troublesome. Verse 15, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. In America, maybe not to the extent as it was before, but we still deal with racial injustice, religious injustice. In other countries, there are still injustices that could get you killed for being a part of a certain group. Those who hunger and thirst for justice long to experience this ethical righteousness in their lifetime. By now, I'm sure you've heard the term social justice warrior. If you haven't, these are people who indeed hunger and thirst for justice, but will never be satisfied. Want to know the difference between social justice warriors and the, the group that Jesus is talking about in the Beatitudes? The difference is social justice warriors are endlessly tired because they're making one huge mistake. They are seeking the kingdom without seeking the king. Those who seek to have a personal relationship with Jesus, those who seek to have a personal relationship with the king, will have their fill, their hunger and thirst for righteousness filled. Verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The merciful are those who extend forgiveness to others in the same way that it has been extended to themselves. And many times, the reason that we cannot see God's will or feel God's mercy often has, has to do with how filled with sin our heart is. Mercy is a central biblical theme. God is merciful to us all. We've failed him countless times and will never live up to his expectations, but he still forgives us and loves us. How great would it be if we forgave as God forgives? How many of us are holding a grudge for something that has been done to us in the past? How many of us have a grudge being held against us for something we did in the past? 
Jesus talks about mercy here, also in the Lord's Prayer, as well as throughout his teaching. So why do we find it so hard to show mercy? Is it because it's vulnerable? Showing mercy towards another person will not earn you entrance into his kingdom, but it will open a person to receive mercy that Jesus has provided in his kingdom. Verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. When you think about your relationship with God, what do you do that saddens him? We sin, right? We're impure. It's not possible to have a relationship with God and tolerate sin. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not possible to have a relationship with God and tolerate sin. I'm not saying you can't sin, because we all will. We all have. But there's a big difference between sinning and repenting and learning from that sin than tolerating that sin. See how it says... Only the pure in heart can see God. Sin affects your ability to even perceive God, to hear his voice. Has there ever been a time in your life where you start to think about how hard it is to understand God's will or how confusing he might be? The darkness is not in him. It's in our hearts. And the more our heart is free from the darkness, the more we will see what God sees and value what God values. This makes me think of Kyle's sermon from Easter this year. He was describing how after Peter denied Jesus for the third time, Jesus made eye contact with Peter, and Kyle had us close our eyes and imagine what Jesus was thinking when he made eye contact with Peter. And he said, how you think of Jesus at that moment says a lot about you in your heart. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Peace in today's world. Seems like looking around, there's war after war. Get out of one war, get into another. There's fighting between nations, fighting within nations, fighting within families, fighting within yourself. Jesus was the supreme peacemaker, the prince of peace. He created peace between God and humans. Many times, those who are against wars and fighting are persecuted the most. Again, Jesus is here talking about those who are the least and the persecuted, inheriting the kingdom. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Again, proving the Beatitudes are not entrance requir requirements, if they were, Jesus would be calling for people to go get persecuted to get into his kingdom. Congratulations for being persecuted. Nobody wants that sort of congratulations. Nobody wants to be persecuted. However, Jesus is saying here that those who are persecuted, the kingdom of heaven is yours. So look at these verses in your Bible. If you notice, the first and the eighth beatitude have a present tense declaration. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Those poor in spirit, those persecuted for doing right, the kingdom of heaven is yours. All you need to do is, re is respond to the invitation. The difference in the present tense with the first and eighth and the future tense with the second through seventh beatitude are done very purposefully. Jesus is saying here that his kingdom, 
The kingdom of heaven is a present possession for those who respond to the gospel, as well as a future expectation and hope. In today's world, are those who mourn immediately comforted? Are those who are humble and meek, do they immediately inherit the earth? Are those who hunger and thirst for justice, are they immediately satisfied? Nope. Do they sometimes come immediately true? Of course. However, the future tense on these blessings or congratulations are to give you the expectation that when the time comes and Jesus returns to earth and fulfills his kingdom promise, the ones described in these Beatitudes will be comforted and inherit the whole earth and be satisfied, shown mercy, and will see God. Jesus wraps up the Beatitudes by changing direction a little bit. He gears the final two verses directly towards the disciples by saying, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Jesus is preparing his disciples here for the persecution that is coming. He knows they will be persecuted. He knows they will be mocked, ridiculed, and beaten. Even though the first and the last beatitude, even though on the first and last beatitude, Jesus stated that the kingdom belongs to them and is a present possession, this does not mean that there will be peace and safety along the way. However, he does give us a promise that that great award, the great reward, awaits us in heaven. So what are you seeking? Are you seeking rewards from the kingdom of this world? Or are you seeking the rewards promised in the kingdom of heaven? When I realized how far I had fallen into the values of this world, when I realized the way I had been treating my coworkers and the way my family was handling the fact that I was only providing a paycheck, I also noticed that Jesus hadn't crossed my mind in a long time. This wasn't who I wanted to be, who Jesus had called me to be, or the example I wanted to set for my daughters. The next day, I called and apologized to a couple of my coworkers. I was done with this kind of lifestyle. And I realized my purpose in life was not my job. I allowed the praise and the awards that I was receiving in my position in the company to get to my head. And I began to let the way of this world pull me into a trap that many fall into every day. I believed that success was measured by how much money you have or how much you work. When living for Jesus and living into his kingdom is the real measurement. And I don't want to pretend like I have it all figured out, because I don't. I still let work consume me at times. But I am trying my best to have a specific fo focus on Jesus' kingdom through those hard and busy times. Those couple, months really, those couple months in my life really allowed me to see how easy it is to fall into the way of this world, and how the world really never stops pulling either. There are two stories in front of us, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. 
what story are you going to choose? Jesus' kingdom is here right now. You can't buy your way in. You can't get in by being a good person. But you can get in by giving your heart to Jesus. I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. God wants one thing from you, your heart. And whether you preach in front of a thousand people each week or pray by yourself in bed each night, that's what he wants. For the Christian in the room, you may not fit into one of these categories today. And that's fine, Makarios. But at some point you will. And there is good news in that. Because when you do, rest assured God hears you. God hears you and wants you to turn towards him. Turn towards his beatitudes, his blessings. Find comfort being in one of the groups that he is describing here, rather than turning to the secular ones. And for those in the room who are still on the fence, Makarios, this is the good news. God hears you. He is listening to you with open arms. Look at this window. And for you guys, wait 10 minutes and then look at this window. <laughs> Jesus is knocking at your door. About a year ago, I was in a small group and Harry Britt pointed out that there's no handle on this door. Jesus is not going to open the door for you. He's going to knock. He's going to keep knocking. You have to make the decision to open for him. Jesus wants those who are poor, sad, meek, persecuted, and oppressed to feel and know that they are blessed. Easy, right? Just accept Jesus' love and be happy. Not always that simple. You may not be in a great place right now. You may be struggling financially, spiritually. You may feel powerless or oppressed or persecuted by a family member, a boss, a friend. Jesus isn't asking you to be happy about that. He isn't saying it's good that these things are happening to you. But what he is saying is that he loves you and he wants you to open your heart to him. You only have one thing that Jesus wants and that is how you receive his kingdom. Whether you are poor, mourning, powerless, or oppressed, a heart that sings hallelujah will allow the kingdom of heaven to be yours. And you may not receive it now, but you will in the future. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for bringing us together and blessing us each and every day. You gave up your life um, and suffered on the cross so we didn't have to. You have answered for our sins and giving us, given us the opportunity to live in your kingdom. Lord, please just give us the sense of direction and the acceptance to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.